When we think of banks and banking, traditional images may pop into our heads. Numbers, computer screens, currencies, vaults, or even pinstripe suits, perhaps. What I've learned whilst hosting this podcast series is that banks come in all shapes and sizes. Banking and finance is so much more creative, dynamic, human, and enabling than I may have previously thought. I've met all sorts of characters and personalities, few of which started out with a plan to work in finance, all of whom love what they do and the impact their work has. And today is no exception. Brian Rathjen is president of Roberts Ryan, an institutional broker and dealer founded and managed by military veterans. And Nick Kukamelidis is chief financial officer of Cities Institutional Clients Group. Brian has 34 colleagues at Roberts Ryan, whilst Nick has around 48,000 within the ICG and over 200,000 at City. Two very different organisations. Let's find out what they have in common and what makes them different. Hello, my name is Jorian Murray. Welcome to Good Things Happen, a podcast series designed to show us the human side of banking and finance. Welcome, Brian. Welcome, Nick. I always like to start with my guests to understand your stories. Brian, your ambitions as a child were somewhat different from what you do now. Please tell us your story. Yeah, my background, I kind of grew up in a uh, patriotic family uh, on Long Island and always wanted to um, serve. So I focused uh, when I was growing up on getting into one of the service academies. Um, I went to Annapolis. I kind of had a, um, a love of the sea. So I wanted to serve in the Navy, was fortunate enough to get into the Naval Academy. I graduated in uh, 1988 and served for six years in uniform and uh, had a wonderful time. It was it was kind of the foundation of, um, of really the way that, you know, I think about, you know, serving others. Um, what I loved about the military was just the diverse background of people that I got to serve with. Um, when you're in uniform, it really doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is, what what your race, religion is. It's just, can you uh, be a part of a team that's got one common mission? And um, that's kind of what I did uh, for my 20s. And then I got out and started my career on Wall Street. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. It's kind of always been a life about serving others first. And uh, it served me well in business. I think if you put yourself last, you'd be surprised how well you can do. Brilliant. How about you, Nick? You were born in Athens, I know. Uh, Were you born with a calculator in your crib? (laughs) <laughs> Not at all. I actually um, I was born and raised in a uh, right inside of Athens and in a family of bakers. Um, so absolutely nothing to do with numbers. Um, but I was fortunate enough to have a father and a and a, and a mother that were very ambitious and 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 somewhat out of the box thinkers. So they always. I remember since very early um, in my childhood, I, um, I remember just dreaming big and um, somewhat of a little bit of a luck, a little bit of an accident. I, I took my first ever plane plane ride to the United States uh, 25 or so years ago. Um, then I landed in, in New York, went to college. Um, I met an enormous amount of people. It's just incredible, incredible uh, leaders along the way. And uh, I landed at City in uh, April of 2001. And since then, I've, I've had an amazing journey in, uh, in the firm. So 
not exactly a, you know a straight line like it never is uh, but uh, one thing that uh, always fascinated me was to jump into you know the unknown and risky situations and uh, solve problems work with people um, be in a position to do to do good and advance you know a company a shareholder and the, and the broader um, communities that we operate in and so it has been an incredible journey I, I love both your modesty. I'm going to tease out. So I'm sure it wasn't all luck for either of you. Um, I mentioned in the introduction that your organizers, your organizations are two very different sizes. Uh, Brian, how do, how do you describe your organization to the uninitiated? So we're, we're a full service broker dealer. Um, we focus on three primary lines of business, uh, debt capital markets, equity capital markets, and equity and fixed income secondary trading. A lot of the same services that a city would offer, but much, much smaller. Uh, the one distinction that we have, um, you know, there's 35 of us, um, is that we are owned by a service-disabled veteran-owned group. So we fall into the minority status. So a lot of these corporations with their push for diversity um, are looking to do business with women-owned, minority-owned, and service-disabled-owned broker-dealers. So first and foremost, we always lead with our capabilities. Our 35 personnel have an average of 25 years on Wall Street. I've been uh, on Wall Street since 1996, and I would say I'm in the middle of the pack. There's folks that are much, you know, maybe 10 years older than me that have been on Wall Street for 40 years. So first and foremost, we like to provide our clients with uh, a good experience. Our trade execution, for example, I've got six team members that have been trading, some of them for 30 years, and they come out of the big banks. That's the history of some of these folks. About half of my folks um, are military veterans as well, like myself. So first and foremost, a good service, uh, client service experience, Secondly, there's diversity. And then third, we've got a social mission. And that's really what I talk about last. But for me and most of my team, it's what gets us out of bed. We've got a very philanthropic arm, and that's why we started the firm. We started the firm five years ago or recapitalized the firm with the idea of creating a financial engine to support the veteran community. So in, I guess in a nutshell, we're a service-disabled, veteran-owned broker-dealer that provides debt capital markets, equity capital markets, and equity trading. Lovely. Nick, is it as easy for you to explain what the ICG does? It's a, a, a large and complicated organization. Tell us about it. It is. It is. Um, but I think the best way, so it's exactly uh, or super similar to what Brian just outlined, though, you know, think of that as sort of like, you know, scale that up in addition to banking services. But I think the easiest way to explain the institutional clients group is through the lens of uh, of our clients, because uh, effectively we offer our services, our service model, um, and our engagement model is is pretty much anchored to, you know, what our what our clients do. So if you think about the client set that we serve, large corporates and financial institutions, and you know, insurers and mutual funds and, um, and investors, hedge funds and private equities, and obviously. Uh, our commercial banking. So if you think about that through that lens, um, we help our clients um, run their businesses and, and advance 
their their franchises. So, in other words, you know, you go from building bridges and tunnels to um, running, uh, you know, payments and uh, obviously through our TTS franchise and working capital uh, solutions and trade uh, very similar to what Brian outlined, both fixed income and, uh, and our equities franchise, settle those securities through our security services business, um, then go to the primary markets through our advisory M&A, um, our ECM, our equity uh, and debt capital markets organization. So um, I think sort of like, you know, if you bring that in the, under the umbrella of the institutional clients group, um, I think that's really the best the best way to describe the franchise. And, and Brian, it's no coincidence that I have you and Nick from City here today because your two organisations have a have a, a bond, as it were, or maybe that's the wrong word. I shouldn't use it in a financial context, but you you have a, an important relationship. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. Um, there is a program that's run by the Small Business Administration uh, called the Mentor-Protege Program. And that is where big banks like Citigroup partner with a smaller bank and be a big brother, big sister, if you will. And that's something that uh, Robertson Ryan uh, had approached uh, Citigroup back in uh, 2019 to see if they would be our mentor. And we both applied together and were approved with the SBA. What does that mean? Well, they provide us some mentorship. If we need some uh, guidance on certain transactions, they're there for us. They've lent us balance sheet or given us comfort letters so that we could um, increase the size of the deals that we've been involved with. Citigroup, you know, it's funny, people think of this huge organization, but at the end of the day, it's really an organization made up of, of people. The business leaves every day down the elevators. And I've never met folks in a big organization that care so much about their community, about helping others. And um, I had the opportunity to meet Jane Frazier, and she really, truly is the human CEO. I, I can't speak more enthusiastically about the, the great friendships and business relationships I developed over at City and how welcome they've been to Robertson Ryan. And Nick, you, you've been with City Man and Boy. Uh, I know from earlier conversations, you've, you've worked in Japan, you now work in New York, you've worked in the private bank, you've worked in all different parts of the business. Um, and, and the theme I really wanted to talk about today was just banks aren't all the same, but let's talk about culture. You know, what... what uh, what Brian was just saying about City, I know James Fraser talks about a bank with a soul. Is that important to you? Has that been important to you? Is that why you stayed with City? Or is it far more rational, the world of banking? Is it far more cut and thrust and about numbers? That's a great question. Look, it's, it's I think, if you think about, um, selfishly, I, I, I look at my own career and, and personally, you know the things that drive you is working with with good people and um, the diverse backgrounds. You know having the opportunity to explore all different aspects of uh, of city, um, being in a challenging environment that uh, challenges sort of you know the status quo um, and your own personal um, you know capability so to so to speak. Uh, so if you think about all those ingredients that make it for an exciting career, I typically 
uh, I refer to city as a whole, not only within finance, there's the space that obviously I'm in, but more broadly, I, I refer to it as a playground uh, from a professional standpoint. It just gives you the opportunity uh, to work with incredibly, incredibly talented people. Um, as you said, right, all the way from, from Tokyo, which was just an absolutely amazing experience to, to London and then New York. Um, so it's, it's the multitude of the, of the diversity um, of opinions and cultures and thoughts and intelligence that this company brings that makes it just incredibly fun to be a, to be a part of. And that's why it has been a, a, just an enormous journey for me personally. Um, but I've stayed with the company for 22 years. I, you know, I wish I had another 22 and hopefully I do, you know, to, uh, to continue to have fun and work with, with uh, very, very talented uh, professionals. Lovely. Um, Brian, uh, uh, Robert Ryan's mission is to provide great service. You've talked about that uh, and you've talked about your own personal dedication to uh, service, but your mission also, also talks about while doing good. You've touched a little bit on that. Give us some, uh, give us some of the, the, the results of how you do good, because uh, when, I, when I first read about it and heard about it, I was mightily impressed. Bring, bring to life um, how you help the veterans community. Sure. So let me just start out with a little framework. You know, the country's been at war for over 20 years, right? We just pulled out of Afghanistan. We've deployed 3 million men and women overseas in combat. There's folks suffering from PTS. They're not getting proper equipment, not getting proper treatment. Our role is to fill that gap. How do we do that? One of the organizations we support is called Boulder Crest Retreat. We have 37 acres in Bluemont, Virginia. We have 130 acres in Sonoda, Arizona. We take six to eight combat veterans at a time and put them through seven weeks, 75 hours of curriculum to give them the tools to deal with PTS. And, and you fund this from your profits. Tell us about uh, some of the, you know, the scale of, uh, of what you're contributing and uh, also what your ambitions are, because I know you have a particular ambition to, to get to in terms of supporting the veterans community in terms of dollars. This is going to make me look not so much as a good businessman because <laughs> it's a very disproportionate amount. So I'll give you an example. Um, two years ago, we only did about $9 million of revenue. We had $2 million of profit, and we donated $528,000. Donated over 25% of our profit. Last year, because of uh, uh, the equity capital markets being off a little bit, we actually lost money on an operating basis and still donated $500,000. We've donated $1.7 million in the last four years. And this has handicapped our growth a little bit. But because the 1.7 million that we've given back to the veterans, we could use on our balance sheet to help us grow. But what I love about my firm is, and my team, to date, our uh, philanthropy has outpaced our uh, bonuses to our people. Our people, for the most part, are underpaid right now. But the vision is to grow this to a $50 million a year company and donate $5 million a year back. Amazing. Um, Nick, you used uh, the phrase doing good. Uh, Brian has used it. Um, 
I guess this is why Mike, uh, Mike Corbett back in the day and now Jane and Paco support uh, Robertson Ryan. Um, talk, talk to me about you as, uh, I mean, you're a member of the leadership team of ICG, but also obviously you're a member of staff at City. This sense of City serving organisations like Robertson Ryan and, and helping society as a whole, it's this important to you? I think one of the most significant um, transformations that we've experienced over the last few decades, I'd say, um, in the banking sector is um, actually it's twofold. One is sort of like, you know, inside of the company and then the other one is the way we engage with clients. But on the second piece is the realization that um, reaching uh, inside the communities with our clients or countries, communities, uh, regions um, is actually an incredibly um, profitable proposition um, because it pays uh, quite a lot of dividends in the long run. Um, and it also allows the institution, as I mentioned, to engage with, you know, with, with particular corridors of um, of businesses or, or communities rather that you don't necessarily have the opportunity or the means to reach um, such as this this example with Brian and, and the team there's other examples right so for uh, one that comes to mind is the bridge by city uh, which is our engagement with you know small and mid-sized companies we did that through Walmart uh, to engage with uh, you know some 10,000 or so of their of their vendors so I think that is really, you know, the crux of it, right? Because uh, to the extent that that allows us to, you know, reach um, and engage and do business, if you like, um, in, in places that we really don't have the capability to do so. Some of our most important clients um, are, and if, and if you take a, a step back, some of our most important clients are other financial institutions, right? So. You know, it's interesting because when you when you think about the banking industry, you would think that small or big institutions, they're all competing for sort of like the same pot. And to some extent, that's true. Um, but really, what what is not very well known is the fact that we collaborate um, and we work very well together um, for both for our benefit of, um, of the, those communities and the countries that we serve, uh, but also for the benefit of our shareholders. Um, and I think that is really the big transformation that has taken place over the past, you know, I'd say at least two, three decades, um, where you realize that, you know, it's not about finding necessarily, you know, the next opportunity, but it's finding the next opportunity with their purpose um, that actually yields quite a lot of benefits, both for, you know, for the institution and your shareholders, but also for uh, obviously the clients and the communities that we serve. I'm, I'm interested in this notion of collaboration because you're right, I kind of think of banks as being an incredibly competitive industry. Um, Brian, you, you tell us more about the, the relationship with City. I, I, I sense it's a symbiotic relationship, but tell us about it from your side of, you know, literally how, how do they help you? Yeah, just to compliment what, what, what Nicholas was saying, I've seen it in action with City city has done you know for example after george floyd incident you know they donated a billion dollars 
and they put that into you know underserved communities. I was, let me talk about a couple of individuals at, at City, like Harold Butler, who served in the Army and is now uh, within the City Group organization, reaching out and being a liaison between Roberts and Ryan, City Group, the community banks. You know, there was uh, I was at a summit last week that Colin Ryan uh, put together. He's works at Citigroup. He's working with Blair Washington to do an outreach to community banks. And it's good business, but it's also helping these underserved communities, right? From, you know, maybe some poorer neighborhoods. And by cities supporting them, it increased the outreach that cities got to other communities where they don't have a presence. So it is a symbiotic relationship for sure. The, the community banks uh, benefit, city benefits, and obviously the communities benefit. So I think city, from what I've seen, is really out on the forefront of lifting while they climb. And I think it's a beautiful culture. I guess uh, collaboration is also good for good for society, isn't it, Nick? Um, you know, two of the words I hear most in and around the bank are risk and control. But uh, for banks working together, that's got to be good for stability and economies. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, and I mentioned before, like uh, the collaboration is uh, is incredibly important to us, um, right? Because there's also this community amongst financial institutions that how we work together and what we deliver, you know, to the broader world economy, um, given that we operate in more than a hundred countries around, around the world. So, um, you know, the, the best example that comes to mind is, uh, you know, think about access, right. Or, um, uh, let's say, you know, uh, having a financial institution, they have a particular client need, um, or a particular government, you know, requires, uh, you know, some type of project, be funding, it could be, it could be anything. Um, and we work together with a financial institution, with their client to give them access through our infrastructure, through our platform, you know, to do, to do what they need to do. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, I think, you know, this particular, these particular transactions, which we do by the thousands, um, and, and, and cities well versed in that, in that space, particularly with our transaction services, um, business, um, it gives us the opportunity to a, not only, um, uh, you know, help the client, help the country, um, you know, help the, the fellow, uh, so to speak, you know, financial institution, but also make, make money in the process. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, the best, uh, the best of it all. Um, and these are really the opportunities that we, you know, we thrive in and, 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 and that we pursue very deliberately, uh, not only here in the United States, obviously, but also, you know, beyond, beyond our borders. Brian, are you optimistic about uh, where we stand today and where your organization stands today and how you're going to get to that 50 million target? Well, you have to be an optimist to be um, an entrepreneur. So I'm an eternal optimist. You know, my glass is filled to the brim and someone's standing behind me to fill it up. So I am an optimist about the future. Um, I do have some concerns about, you know, society a little bit I, I think if the more people get educated and realize you know our time on earth is 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 very finite and um i think if people were a little less selfish um and thought of others first i think they'll be happier i went to four funerals recently in the last six months and nobody talked about 
titles or possessions or they talked about family, friends, impact on society. And I think if we could get more people thinking that way, um, I think we're all going to be better off. But yes, I'm very optimistic about the growth. I'm very, I've got a great team. We're very focused. We're very mission driven. Uh, we need to get to 50 million so we could donate the 5 million. And um, I'm just very excited. I'm very optimistic about it. Yes, we're working hard every day. There's going to be challenges, but, um, you know, kind of with our military background, you know, and kind of the way we've been trained to, you know, analyze, adapt, and overcome, uh, I know that we're going to get there. You know, failure is not an option. And um, I'm very excited about working uh, with Citigroup. They've been a tremendous partner, and we're just kind of starting it out. My goal with this mentor-protege program is to graduate from it, right? So, and and leave this spot for the next up-and-coming person. So hopefully in a couple of years, we'll get to the point where we could turn our protege slot, which is very coveted, over to the next Robertson Ryan and let them grow. I mean, we don't so, want to be kind of a minority little brother for forever. So we need to, we need to really expedite this and move on. So what, next... what's what's necessary for you to get your wings and fly the nest of protege? You know, I think some of it's just time and rank, if you will. You know, when you're just starting out, you know, we bought the firm from somebody uh, from Dan Roberts, who's aging out of the business. He'd started Roberts and Ryan in 1987. And when you're the new kid on the block, you kind of have to establish yourself. Um, I always equated to making cotton candy. If you ever make cotton candy as a as a kid, you know, you you take the stick around the first couple of laps and you don't come up with too much. But you keep doing the same thing. You keep working uh, with integrity, providing good service, building a reputation. As you keep doing that, you know, it, it, you grow a business. And um, I think that if as long as my team stays focused on getting up each and every day and providing a good client service we, we will get there we will get there i think we could probably do a better job at roberts and ryan uh you know within the halls of Citigroup. like you talked about a symbiotic relationship you know in the beginning it was a little parasitic quite frankly because you know we're just <laughs> the new kid on the block but i think as the more that we're out there and the more that we get to interface with senior folks like nick um, you know, Alyssa Steinberg, the treasurer, has been fantastic. That woman is bent over backwards to help us. Tyler Dixon, Jim O'Donnell, you know, Ed Schuyler. There are tremendous people in there. And, you know, over time, um, getting to know more folks over at City and getting to see what impact we could have together on not only the veteran community, but uh, underprivileged folks as well. Um, so I think it's just a little bit of time, you know, maybe grow the team uh, a, a little bit so that we can have more reach. But no, we will. We will. I look forward to being back on your show and telling you that we donated five million dollars in a particular year. I look forward to that too, Nick. What are what are what are the ambitions of uh, ICG? How does how does an organization your size grow, or is it not just about growth? Look, I. I I, I will pick on on where where Brian left. By the way, I love the 
fact that you're quoting and it's, these are all my friends um i'm just incredibly proud of uh of uh, you know not not only them but also the broader leadership team um and and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that uh because i've seen the shift in culture and the the transition of uh, cities culture over the past two decades um, but particularly now with Jane and, and, and Mark and, and others, um, is, there's this good feel, you know, feeling, feeling good and fulfilled across the firm. Um, and it feels that, you know, there is a purpose, there is a mission, the company and its, its entirety are over 250,000 or so employees are marching towards the same direction. So there is quite a lot of positive momentum. Don't get me wrong. There is a mountain of work and there's a mountain that we need to overcome. Um, but nevertheless, I think it's the, it's the positivity, it's the, it's the culture that I think it's the most significant catalyst uh, for the years to come. Um, I also say that similar to, to, to Brian, for us, if you sort of like pivot from, from culture into uh, how we think about, about clients, it's all about client experience. And I know it might sound odd that to hear that from a, from, a, from a CFO to say that I almost put, you know, profit and revenue and all those, all those good numbers off to the side um, because our sole focus or, or a very significant piece of our focus these days is around client experience, client engagement. Um, you know, how do we conduct business um, and risk and controls and their entire transformation effort in the firm is playing a very significant, a very significant role in not only secure city as an institution, but secure a client's assets and be a lot more robust. Um, but again, you know, if you think about client experience, the way we engage with clients, the way we onboard them, the way we, we do business, the speed of execution, um, you know, all those pieces that create this aura um, that, um, you know, what clients believe uh, they get the value uh, that we generate for them um, and the sentiment that we create while we transact is uh, it's one uh, very critical component um, of uh, uh, the pieces that we're really focused on as a leadership team. Um, because we do believe, like you put those two together and we believe that the rest will come, right? I mean, we will grow the franchise and yes, we'll tap into different wallets and deeper into, into those wallets, whether you're talking about investment banking or trading or transaction services or whatnot. Um, but it almost doesn't matter as long as we properly engage, but um, we create a good, strong client experience. I think the rest will be just a natural progression of the franchise. Brian, if, uh, if someone is listening almost by accident to this who may never have contemplated a job on Wall Street or the equivalents of Wall Street all around the world, um, I think they might be surprised that the words that are being used are a lot of emotive words. It's about humanity and experience and connection and culture and values. So what would you say to somebody who, you know, might be might not have been thinking about the world of banking and finance as a place where they can make a personal impact uh, and a bigger impact? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, 
Look, I think Wall Street, uh, a lot of times it gets a bad moniker um, that it's just about, you know, men and women getting up every day, chasing the almighty dollar. And that's really not the case. I mean, we're providing service. If you don't have capital markets, you can't have growth. If you have a small company, if you don't have a bank like Citigroup to help you finance the growth of your firm, you know, where are you going to be? And I think that if you're a young person and you want to make an impact on the world, the financial sector is a great place to do that, to help, you know, bank folks or lend money to entrepreneurs or business people or homeowners. Or, I mean, if we don't have the, the capital markets, you know, it's kind of the the oil that, that that runs the machine. So I think you can have a tremendous impact and you could do well. Well, doing good. I think it's a very exciting industry to be in. And if we didn't have capital markets, you know, um, you know, that would be an issue for the growth of the thing. At the end of the day, we're just trying to get everybody, give everybody in the world an opportunity to grow and create some wealth. And I think this is a very exciting industry. I would caution them to pick a sector that's not going to get, you know, there is technology that's wiping out jobs, but that's also creating jobs. So you have to really pick what, you know, um, you know, pick a spot that you think you can have a nice career at. But I think, you know, Wall Street is not just about making personal money. It's not. It's about helping other people lift themselves up. And um, I think it's an exciting thing. There's some really bright people and there's some really caring people. Again, go down to, thir- you know, uh, 388 Greenwich. That place is buzzing with enthusiastic, smart people who care. And it's it's it, I think it's a great career path. I'm I'm very glad that I'm in finance. For those who don't know where 388 is, it's uh, it's where Nick uh, uh, goes to work most days. Uh, it's the headquarters of City. And um, Nick, same question to you. What what would you say to somebody who is kind of half thinking about banking but is not sure that it's a place where they would get some personal fulfillment. Well, I mean, I couldn't agree more with what Brian just outlined, right? It gives you the opportunity to uh, be heard, uh, do uh, a lot of good through any business, through any function, um, you know, whether you're in compliance or in finance or you're in the front office, you're in TTS or investment banking. And as I said before, like, you know, you build bridges or tunnels or you fund you know, shipment or you fund, you know, payments and payrolls and, you know, all kinds of of different things. Um, But also, you know, professionally, as I mentioned in the very beginning, like it's somewhat of a playground for me, right? It gives you the opportunity to go at at any place around around the world. Um, And a lot of the banks, you know, have operations, you know, outside of of the United States, uh, but also even within the country. Right. So it gives you the opportunity to grow professionally, meet an enormous amount of like incredible, super diverse, super intelligent, super exciting people that you can learn from Um, and also do quite a lot of good uh, while in the process of personally growing and growing with your clients, growing within the communities that we operate in. Um, So for me, it's a super exciting uh, a time to, you know, to join the industry. Um, and, and frankly, uh, you know, I wish I would have started now because um, I think, you know, the place is uh, it's sort of like a very different, very, very different space. And 
banks, like we said before, and broadly financial institutions are a lot more in tune with, you know, anything that's happening socially, economically, politically, and the like. Um, so it is, a, it is a pretty good industry, an enormous uh, path for growth uh, professionally, um, you know, and socially. So it's just very, very, um, very, very cool experience to be in it. Well, brilliant. As the minute ticks to the top of the hour, I feel we've run out of time. I've really enjoyed uh, the enthusiasm that's jumping off of this, uh, this uh, Zoom screen. Uh, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Nick, for uh, coming to talk to me today. I've really, really enjoyed it. Citibank NA and Roberts and Ryan Investments are not affiliated and are independent companies. Though City has a nominal equity investment in Roberts and Ryan Investments Inc. Speakers' views are their own and may not necessarily reflect the views of City or any of its affiliates. All opinions are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. The expressions of opinion are not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. Thank you.